Hi, everybody, and welcome to Ask a Navigide, which is part of the Abundant Aging podcast series from United Church Homes. I'm Mike, your host, and on this show, we tackle subjects in aging and family caregiving that can be stressful to work through. And we do this with tips and advice from United Church Homes' Navigide team. Our Navigides collectively have decades and decades of experience helping families work through these issues. And maybe these are issues that you are listening or category for the first time. So we hope that what we share on this show will help you and will help with everyone everywhere age with abundance. Today, we're lucky to have our Navigide Barbara with us who will help us understand family dynamics and building trust with people that may need help. So probably a subject that's more art than science, but I can't think of anybody better to speak to on the subject. So hello, Barbara. Thanks for being here. Hello. Thank you, Michael. I am a Navigate Service Coordinator, have mm-hmm. been for nine years. I'm with United Church Homes, and I love my role. It's very rewarding, challenging, and I love helping people. So I think that's why I've done it for so many years. That's awesome. Before we get into the questions, Barbara, got to read a statement. The opinions shared in this podcast are those of our amazing Navigides and our hosts and are not meant to convey nor take the place of clinical, legal, or other professional advice. So Barbara, I know that you work in Ohio and you have two different buildings with residents that you are a Navigide, correct? That's correct. I have 85 residents that I help with. And I also am a community member because being a Navigide, you network with your community. So I meet a lot of people in the community. I live in a very rural, small village, and everybody knows me. So anybody that needs help with Medicare, guess who? They're knocking on my door, and I am always willing to help. Because that's the thing, you know. With being a Navigide, I mean, you're helping people with just day-to-day stuff that, you know, they've never faced before, but, you know, you've been through plenty of times and that's, I guess you've helped people with like hospital discharges, trying to figure out, you know, how to coordinate what doctors are saying, connecting them with community services, food programs, all of those sorts of things, right? Correct. Yes, we help with discharging and provide services for people. Basically, I guess the way you would explain it, we are to serve people so that they can live independently as long as they can with a purpose and a good quality of life. And, you know, people come to you at need. And I know, you know, it should be said the buildings that the people you manage are primarily people over the age of 65, right? Correct. Yes. Got it. And from what I understand, you know, we, it's very likely we're all going to need more help as we get older, but I guess that help can kind of come on suddenly or it may come over time. And I'd like to talk about kind of showing the signs, or, I guess. Well, why don't we start this way? If somebody suddenly need, needs more help, what are kind of the common situations that you've seen where 
suddenly it's a crisis and people's needs change. The number one that I have experienced is a fall. A fall can change the whole dynamics of home living, like a broken hip, a broken leg, ankle, anything, arm. I've had one resident that fell forward, broke both of her wrists. Tried, yeah, and she's doing fabulously. We had maintenance install of the day so she could Mm -hmm. toilet so her toileting hygiene was taken care of. I mean, things that you don't even think of, you know. Another thing is if a spouse dies and, you know, and maybe they were the primary caregiver. So say husband or wife dies, that can cause a major change in dynamics of living independently, a decline in cognition, memory issues. That is a huge one when maybe they can't remember to eat or even wash a load of clothing, things like that. Maneuver the TV remote. My mother left her TV on all the time because she knew she couldn't, didn't know how to change channels. And the other thing, you don't know how to use your telephone anymore or collect your messages and things of that sort. Driving a car, maybe they get lost. Maybe they can no longer balance their checkbook. Or remember a birthday, send a card. You know, maybe there's well, someone that always sent everyone in the family a birthday card and they no longer do it. You know. That's interesting. Things of that sort. So that's you know, kind I, of things I, that you look for and know that someone needs some extra help. Yeah, because you know what it is, Barbara? You know, there's. I've always heard that you know, becoming a family. So, wow. Now I'm a family caregiver, right? It is things like mom's in the hospital and, you know, everyone's looking at me or mom died and dad has a Alzheimer's and now who's going to take care of dad? Or even that, you know, I come home at Thanksgiving or for the holidays and I haven't been seeing my mom in months, and now I can see a change. I can see that things are obviously different, right? So those are kind of sudden. But if you're around someone all the time, like I think you just said a few, like you're around our residents all the time, and there must be those subtle things that you see that sort of said, okay, maybe I should keep an eye on this or keep an eye on that, right? Absolutely. And that's when you, or I call family. And, you know, try to connect with the family. And that's where your family dynamics are so important. And say, like I have a resident right now that is loaning money out to people. Like she's like a millionaire. And uh, so I called her brother and I said, you know, the people that, that she's loaning the money to may or may not be able to pay her back. Maybe we need to step in and get a payee, or maybe you can step up and take on this issue. So so you mentioned, you know, changes in financial behavior. I thought the birthday card thing was 
great. I mean, I think everyone should know that if, you know, your loved one is giving you a birthday card every year and then one year it doesn't come, it's, that's a thing you should check in on, you know? The thing about forgetting to cook or use a phone, I guess just other, I don't know, is it like, is this something about their demeanor or the way they walk or carry themselves or? Well, usually that physical things, unless they've fallen and haven't reported it or something like that has happened. Oh, I'm all right. And then come to find out they've fractured their foot or something like that. But what I notice also is maybe they're more depressed because they know something's not quite right physically or mentally. They are more emotional, cry more, and don't really know what they're crying about. So you're in a situation where, I mean, seeing people that you see every day and you suspect that something's going on where maybe they can use some support or help. And I bet you that's what, you know, people see with their loved ones all the time that, you know, we, they want to open up a conversation about, are you okay? Do you need help? But they may not know where to start. So how do you typically open up a conversation like this? Well, just as I said earlier, like if I see bouts of depression or bouts of crying, the wringing of the hands, anxiety, touching of the face all the time. They're more anxious than they normally are, and they're anxious because they're worried. They're worried about their mental state, and they don't know how to convey it. And that's when I would suggest the family to go, th- go with their loved one to the doctor and get a complete analysis of their condition and then go from there. And the doctor will, the physician can suggest a path and then the Navigide can make that path happen. Yeah. And you generally feel that people are open to a conversation like this? I mean, if they're worrying about it, I mean, I guess everyone's different, right? But, you know, but generally, if somebody's worried about something, they want to talk about it, perhaps. I don't know. Is that true? Or is that just me? No, I think that it's just like anything else. If you got a fact, you can deal with it. And, but the unknown is concerning. It's worrisome. I know something's not right. Okay, let's go to the doctor and figure this out. We'll get the facts and then we'll know how to deal with it. And then your mind's more at, yeah. you know, still challenging, but at least you have some structure around. It's not a mystery anymore. Exactly. Hopefully. Exactly. And I think with the, the diagnosis, both the family and the loved one can deal with it. And like I said, get a care plan together, get a schedule together and make life as wonderful as you can. Right. You know, things like, you know, things like dementia and Alzheimer's and all that is, you know, can be particularly difficult because of you know, behavior and all the anxiety of the person that, that, that has the, you know, cognition, uh, you know, worry, it's all there. And if somebody is kind of doing things that you think are 
troublesome. Let's talk about driving. You know, I mean, what would you say if your loved one, you know, they shouldn't drive? Do you just hide the car keys or? The way I have handled that is I always say to the family, let the doctor be the bad guy. Let the doctor say, hey, I just wouldn't advise you to driving right now. I'm afraid you'll hurt yourself or someone else because that doctor doesn't have to go home with the loved one and deal with the emotions. And, you know, they may they may be so upset that they don't even want to be around you if you say that, you know. And you're the one that has to go there tomorrow morning and help take care of them. So I always suggest let the doctor do that. And then you can say, well, you know, that's what the doctor said. So I don't want anything to happen to you. And just one more thought, one more question for this episode. And then, well, we have a series of this going, so we're going to move on to our next one, but for you, the listener, but you know, in your day-to-day work, you know, you see people residents all the time and what are some of the just the general techniques you use just to say hey how are you doing checking in or is that just something just comes naturally to you or do you are there any i don't know tricks you use i mean i don't think it should be a trick i mean you're building relationships with people right but i guess maybe it's something that you haven't seen in a while you know how do you kind of you know get that conversation going or say how they're doing. Well, I call it a general check-in. And I, in my buildings, I kind of nickname myself as the head bugger because I'll just call somebody up and say, hey, I haven't seen you around. How you doing? And this was really promoted during COVID, you know, because I checked on my every single resident every day I was there. And so it's, it's a continuation of that. And I've, I, I have, I guess I just feel a responsibility to my people that my residents, that if there is something they need, I need to be aware of it so I can help them through it. Be it just schedule a doctor's appointment or, Hey, I'm feeling lousy. Well, are you eating? Make sure they have food, you know, When's the last time you talked to your family and things like that? You know, I've never had a problem stepping up and asking. I feel that it's my role. It's my duty to make sure that my residents are well taken care of. And just a shocker here. So you're telling me that just calling somebody up once in a while or knocking on a door and saying, hey, how you doing? Haven't seen you for a while. What's up with you? That works. It does for me. It does for me because they know how I am and they know it's out of concern and love. They right. they absolutely know that I'm not there. I'm not there to find out how bingo went last night or if, you know, if they're having a difficulty with another. I am there concerned about them. And I think that most people take that on as a positive that they like it when someone's concerned about their health and well-being. Well, look, that's, that's a great place to leave it. Barbara, thank you so much. 
And for our listeners, this is Ask an Abigail, part of the Abundant Aging podcast series brought to you by United Church Homes. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this week's show, please like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is United Church Homes. And also find all of our podcasts on AbundantAgingPodcast.com. There you can actually, there's a comment for there. So you can let us know what you thought of the episode. If there's other episodes you'd like to see, any tips you'd like to share, please send them over. And for more information about United Church Homes' Navaguide program, please visit uchnavaguide.org. And for more information about the United Church Homes' Memory Care Program, Comfort Matters, and United Church Homes in general, visit unitedchurchhomes.org. And if you are listening to this, let's say in July, August 2023 forward, hopefully we will have our resource center, abundantaging.org set up. So please check that out. Until then, we'll see you next time. 